Dave from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. Hey, Darren, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, hey, happy Hanukkah. We're recording on ha- the first day of Hanukkah. Hanukkah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, happy Hanukkah to all our uh, Jewish listeners out there. Yes. Shalom, lahayim. <laughs> what? How did a black man sound that white? <laughs> It's, it's a gift. Okay. <laughs> it's a gift, you know, we all have our talents. <laughs> all right. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the holidays are upon us. Uh, mm-hmm. Christmas Day is uh, soon shall be here. You excited? You, you jazzed for it? You're, you're pumped? Your stockings are hung by the chimney with care? <sighs> okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, you? you? Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel... Very Christmassy this year. It doesn't. I, it doesn't. We were we were supposed to get like this big snowstorm this week, and it really just turned into rain. And yeah, yeah. I'm just not feeling it yet. Yeah, rain isn't very Christmassy. You don't. It uh, isn't. No one wants a. Uh, no one's dreaming of a wet Christmas. No, that that honestly, it it sounds like a Pornhub search. Yeah. Well. Uh... All right, well, maybe I shouldn't uh, put my business out there in the street like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, porn searches aside, we should probably, uh, I mean, we got to talk about the big news that dropped last night before we talk about uh, last night's episode. Cause... What, what, what big news dropped last night? Oh, uh, did, you, did you not hear? Uh, I okay. mean, I, I hear a lot of things. Okay. All the voices in your head? Yeah. Uh, but. No, I'm talking about the uh, Cecily Strong news. Oh yes, Remember her that? leaving the show. Yeah, um, just a few hours before the show, you actually texted me about this last night. The official SNL uh, Twitter account tweeted out like tonight we are saying goodbye to one of the all-time greats, and and there was a big cue card that said we will miss you, Cecily. So yeah, like I saw this, uh, you know, because I'm always kind of. Checking social media from time. You to got time. your finger on the pulse. Yeah, I, I'm out. I'm. I know what the. I know what's going on out here in these streets, John. Yeah, as they say. And it was one of those things where I was just kind of scrolling through Facebook, you know, just uh, kind of lazily, and I saw the article saying Cecily Strong is leaving Saturday Night Live. This Tonight Show is her final show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What?" And it's like one of those things. Like whenever I see something like that, I always try to. To verify it, I always make sure yeah. before, before I share it. I always want to make sure I'm not spreading, you know, fake news. Right, right. So, but I mean, it's it was on Variety, you said, so that's a that's a fairly reliable source. They like, yeah, yeah. Then I saw yeah. it on Variety. Then I saw a Hollywood Reporter came out, and then I checked Twitter and I saw that you know the N the uh, NBC official Saturday Night Live Twitter handle put up on Instagram and uh, Twitter that yeah the this was Cecily's last show, and I was like. Wow, that uh, yeah, I did not see that coming. I I had kind of expected that this was going to be her last season because it just kind of felt like it. And she'd been making noises the last few years about whether she was going to stay or whether she was going. And she and she'd reached a point where it was entirely her choice. You know, if she wanted right. to stay, Lauren would let her stay, and if she decided to go, they let her go. It's just kind of surprising. She came, she missed what, like the first three episodes of this season, I think? Yeah, and that's what okay. made me, yeah, that's what made me think that she, like, she wasn't going to leave until maybe, 
you know, April or May when the whole season was over because, like, mm-hmm. she just missed, like, the first few episodes. So it's, like, for her to miss the first few episodes, come back to the show, and just to leave it, I don't yeah. know, that, that kind of didn't make sense it, it, to me. And last night's episode was the ninth episode of the season. So she did a total of six episodes this season. So it's, it's just kind of like a little postscript season for her. Um, right. Which is interesting. It's just, it's very weird when you find out that that's happening on the day. Um, I remember, I remember that happening like back in the nineties um, when uh, Sherry Stringfield left ER and she was like my big TV crush at the time. And I, fa- I found out on that day, a friend of mine was like, Oh yeah, it's her last episode tonight. And I was like, what? And she's been written out and I was like, no. Yeah. That was, so, Oh boy. Yes. Yeah, so, no, uh... no time to mentally prepare. I mean, I, I was a little mentally prepared for this cause I figured this was probably going to be her last season, but it was, yeah, still surprising. Yeah, like, I kind of thought this would be her last season, too. Like, if she left in April or May, I would be like, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's been 11 years, so it's it definitely feels like the right time. But for yeah. her to leave mid-season, I was like, I mean, wow. that's unusual for anybody. Usually it is somebody leaves at the end of the season, uh, no matter what. And uh, I, I can't really, I'm sh- surely this has happened before, but I... It I has. Can't think of anybody offhand. Uh, I'll, let me see if I can find somebody. But yeah, like I have, I it has happened before. People left uh, mid season, but it mm-hmm. is, it is, it's more common to leave, you know, at the end of the season. I'd, right. I'd say for sure. So uh, yes, yeah, Cecily Strong. Uh, final episode was was last night. Of uh, I don't know, John. Like your thoughts. Like, how do you feel about this? The, well, what, I mean, what, in your mind, what is the the legacy, the history of Cecily? Oh Lord, that's. <laughs> <laughs> She was born. Let me sum up the entire eleven years of Cecily Strong on SNL. She was born in Illinois. (laughs) It was a cloudy day. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, what what can you say? I mean, we we one of the things we keep saying on this show is that Cecily Strong. She lives up to her last name. She really is one of the strongest cast members. She's she's become a favorite of both of ours. I think. Yes, absolutely. I mean, she just like pretty much always hits it out of the park. She's so versatile has so many characters so many impressions um like how the voiceovers that she does on the commercial parodies like probably yeah. eight times out of ten it's cecily doing those so it, i'm really gonna miss her on those yeah um, no like i uh i i rewatched the one of my favorites christmas sketches the uh lexus Dece- december to remember mm-hmm. and yeah you clearly hear her voice the yeah. um the jc penny uh holiday uh ad they did yeah and yeah. that that was her too yeah she was uh she's in a lot of voiceover work too, yeah so that's gonna be a it's gonna be a huge bummer yeah and it's uh i mean i i think she was great she was she was a versatile sketch performer um she had a fair number of recurring characters and uh i mean she was the go-to person for imitating crazy right-wing ladies <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Janine Pyro or Pyro. Yeah. Uh, who is that? Marjorie Taylor Greene, I believe they gave her. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other uh, horrible, horrible, crazy uh, Fox News ladies. Yeah. Throughout yeah. the years. <laughs> she but did I... the majority of them. And she had characters like uh, Gemma and the, the girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation with at the party. And I mean, she was even a Weekend Update anchor for a hot minute. And I thought she did a really nice job on Weekend Update, but she seemed to 
very quickly decided that it wasn't for her. And she was yeah. like, I'll be happier doing sketches. And yeah, I mean, good for her for realizing it that quickly. But I was, I was sorry to see her leave the update desk. Yeah, like I think ultimately it was the better move that she yeah. like focused on her sketches. Because like you said, she had like a, a ton of great reoccurring characters. I mean, even early on, like if you remember the old uh, The Girlfriends talk show she did with Amy mm-hmm. back oh, in the day. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you remember uh, the ex-porn stars she did with uh, Vanessa Bayer way yeah. back in the day. That was that, great. That was re- great. Yeah, that was always a home run. Uh, and you're not porn stars anymore and yeah <laughs> and just uh, all the mispronunciation i mean she's been on long enough that she has done characters that we may have forgotten at this point um so, yeah yeah i mean those were like the major ones i, I believe yeah. and of course uh you know care uh carrie ann which of course you know we'll we'll get into your later. prize last night yes yeah yeah yes. and uh it's just uh wow it's like she was she really was in a lot of ways, sort of like the bedrock of uh, the show. Like she, she kind of proved, like, I mean, maybe in her time, she maybe was, I mean, I guess you could say she was a little overshadowed by, you know, Kim Kinnon and, and whatnot. Yeah. But I, I do think, like, t- you know, especially towards the end, people start to realize, oh, wait, no, she's actually, you know, no yeah. pun intended, like the strong, one of the strongest, if not the strongest performers on the show. I mean, if I was, if, yeah, like I, I would put, uh, I would easily put her in my top 10 cast members, I think. Yeah. Wow. So. That's high praise. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really going to miss her. I, I feel like she's going to leave a hole in the show. I mean, but that's just because she's so good. I, it's tough to debate that it is, it does feel like it's probably time for her to leave. Because she's, you know, doing other things like Schmigadoon and she did uh, Search for Life. Uh, the Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe, a revival of that. She did that both on Broadway and out on the West Coast, which is why she missed the beginning of the season. Right. So, um, yeah. It'll be very interesting to see what she goes on to next. Yeah. No, I mean, at this point, like, you know, she's, everybody knows how good she is as a performer. You know, she is beloved. She has an audience. And I, I think at this point, the world's pretty much her oyster. Like, I think she can. Mm-hmm pretty much do whatever she wants to do and uh I, i'm looking forward to it i'm you know i'm hoping it'll uh really uh you know something i'm, I'm expecting big things from her like i believe schmigadoon is going to come back for a second season like last i heard it was mm-hmm. but i mean other than that like i mean i don't know sky's the limit for her as far as i can see yeah yeah i mean just so much talent yeah like she was yeah. she was like she just i don't know she just had like so much a game and of course you know she was able to get personal with things like you know goober the clown which pretty yeah. much rocked the internet when it came out and it's just i don't know there was just yeah, she just she really does have it all so like i'm i'm looking forward to whatever she has uh, coming up next yeah uh, i mean she's definitely uh, someone to keep your eye on so. absolutely absolutely so uh and then after the, so you know after all that let's uh, let's get into this episode my friend let's get into the episode um, we, we kind of talked around it but uh, this was uh, season 48 episode 9 Austin Butler hosting Lizzo as the musical guest stepped in kind of last minute to substitute for the yeah yeah yeahs when uh, someone in the group uh, got covid right uh no it's the guitarist Nick Zinner he is uh, recovering from uh, um, pneumonia oh that was it okay i yeah. know something medical related but anyway, this this was a show from uh, December seventeenth, twenty twenty two. So it's our last show of the calendar year, twenty twenty two. Yeah, exciting stuff. 
All right, so let's uh, shall shall we dive in, good sir? Let's dive in on uh, this, the final episode of the year, the final episode of Cecily Strong. A lot of a lot of emotions, emotions running so high. Emotions, <laughs> so many feelings. Uh, we start out with the Trump NFTs cold open, um, with uh, James Austin Johnson returning as Donald Trump, and that was probably one of the big news stories of this week. Uh, maybe the biggest is like. Trump said early in the week, he was like, I've got a major announcement. And, you know, he'd already announced he was running for president again. So people, everyone's like, whoa, what's going on? Um, and then it comes out the next day and he's got, he's selling these NFTs of himself for $99. It's. <laughs> yeah. How do you parody that? How do you satirize that? I don't know. Like, I. I mean, I think at this, even, I mean, I don't watch Fox News or anything, but like, I even from what I heard and what I've seen briefly, even people who support him are like, what's, what, what are what you doing here, What the fuck man? are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, the thing I, I heard or I read that it makes a lot of sense is that apparently this is some sort of uh, money laundering scheme. That, that tracks. Yeah. Um, I don't even doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. Because apparently if it's like. There's he's charging ninety nine dollars for these things, and if but you, but there's a ceiling on how many you can buy, and that and that ceiling keeps it below ten thousand dollars. And and if it's any sort of transaction above ten thousand dollars, like the the Federal Trade Commission starts looking into it. Okay. Um, so uh, he's uh, just yeah. squeaking by, and yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this all it all tracks. It's it. It's he'll sell you an NFT, but you will get one at random. You can't even pick out which one you you like. Yeah, I think even uh, James Austin Johnson said like this seems like a scam, and in many ways it is. Yes, yes. Um, and he's saying like, oh, you can you can pick anything out of this nice box, and he pulls out a box that's marked classified. Um, we surprisingly see Mikey Day come back as Donald Trump Jr., his third least embarrassing child. Yeah, yeah, surprise. Yeah, because like I thought, oh, have they, have the two of them ever been in a sketch together? I think they kind of have. No, been I mean, because because he always did uh, Donald Trump Jr. with Alex Moffat doing Eric, and they were just such a double act there. They just kind of retired those guys after right. Trump left office, and then Alex left the show. So no, I I think this is the first time that Mikey's appeared as Donald Trump Jr. with James Austin Johnson's Trump. Hmm. Yeah, it really surprised. Like when I when Mikey came out, I was like, "Oh, they haven't been in a sketch together as Trump Jr. and Trump, have they?" I don't oh. think so. No, I was like, it kind of surprised me. And uh, yeah, and then we also had uh, again Cecily Strong coming out as Kimberly Guilfoyle again, another mm-hmm. crazy uh, right wing lady. That's that's her. Uh, I I'd either forgotten or I never knew that she was engaged to Donald Trump Jr. I had to like look that up to make sure that was a real thing. And yeah, apparently it is a real thing. Yeah, I think it was. I knew it. And then I immediately pushed it right out of my brain for uh, more important information to be. Exactly. Exactly. Which is literally any other information. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And then we also had uh, Trump do his little rundown style, which just kind of scarily apes how freeform the man's thought process is. Um, yeah. I, li- I like the line he says, like that he was visited by three ghosts, four if you count Epstein. Uh, uh, that's just a—they just slip that in there, and and wow, that's great. Um, yeah, yeah. Even I think people in the audience were like, "Ooh, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my. Uh, I also like the line, you know, I've got four kids too, five of you include Tiffany. Um, uh, uh, Tiffany. So, I mean, this this was pretty good. Um, yeah, I thought this was all right for the most part. It is interesting because I think we've said before, we're in this era where people, like James Dawson Johnson has this amazing Trump impression, but no one really wants to hear from Trump or about Trump yeah. anymore. But like mm-hmm. they, I guess they keep finding new ways for us to, you know, be okay with it and really, and because he has this great impression, and it'd be a shame just to like waste it. But again, mm-hmm. but like I think it's a thing where they they realize we're kind, everybody's kind of sick of Trump, so they kind of put Trump on the back burner for a few episodes. Yeah, and like yeah. they they use him more sparingly in the Trump, so it's yeah. not yeah. we're not as uh, inundated with it as we once were before, which I think is a smart way to go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, something that really uh, jumped out at me when I was rewatching the sketch this morning was he, he, he uses a lot of prosthetics for his Trump impression. It, it seems like maybe more than he needs, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, because, I mean, the the man is a, a chubby melting candle, so you have to yeah. have, like, you know, the, the jowls and the hair and the, yeah. you know, the yeah. bags on the I, I don't know. I was just watching and I was thinking, like, man, back in the 70s, like, Chevy Chase literally just walked out as himself and he's like i'm gerald ford <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's just like we've gone from that to like these these movie quality prosthetics it's just it's just kind of weird yeah like i even remember what, like dan Aykroyd did a jimmy carter impression and like it was basically just dan Aykroyd coming out as he, dan even had like a mustache at the time he had a mustache he didn't even powder his hair or, he, even bothered or, his, yeah, he didn't shave the mustache off or nothing he just came out yeah like hey Carter, what's up? <laughs> yeah, like you know, I guess some, it was in the Reagan years that makeup came in for doing the president, and I mean, yeah. even Dana Kirby didn't do that much. I think he basically just had a wig and glasses. I don't remember him doing any makeup stuff. Uh, but... uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. Like, uh, yeah, like when Dana Carvey was George uh, George George Bush Senior, like he yeah. didn't look that much like the uh, the old Bush. Yeah, I mean, he was just an exaggeration. It's just, it's just a weird thing. I was like, does he need that much? I don't know if he does. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I I like that the the uh, cold open was just focused on the Trump NFT story, and they didn't try to like hit on like four or five other stories because that hardly ever works for me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, I've, I mean, I've always said this. But like, when they focus on one thing. And they don't do that thing where they try to hop around and touch on every thing that happened that week. That's when it's at its strongest. Just focus on one thing, make all the jokes about that one thing, and you're good. Like, I'd rather have, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, like a handful of mediocre jokes about one thing than like a hundred different, like, not that great jokes about a hundred different other things. Just just focus, baby. Focus. Right. right. So, all right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Austin Butler's monologue. Monologue. Um, monologue. Uh, yeah, Austin Butler comes out, blazer, no shirt, mm-hmm. like a, like a true G. That's a that's and, a thing that only like young Hollywood actors can pull off, you know? Yeah, yeah like you know, my, my tubby ass can't pull that shit off. I, I yeah, I can't go to a party like that. I mean, no, no. People absolutely. would be like, oh, this who who the fuck is this tool? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And I'd have to shave my chest and, you know, it's a whole thing. Oh, um, wax it. I mean, yeah. it's a whole thing. It's uh, a whole thing. Oh, it's, actually, it's, 
real quick, I'll just go back and say uh, The Cold Open, written by Mike, De- Mike DeCenzo, Allison Gates, and Ken Sublet. Oh, thank you. Forgot that. Yep. Forgot that. And I have the writer's list up, too. And uh, we'll just say it now, as long as we're talking writers, monologue, Mike DeCenzo and Jake Nordwin wrote this. Um, the monologue, I thought it was it was just a really meandering monologue. It just, it seemed to jump all over. And it, it felt like they just assembled it from random things that Austin Butler said over the course of the week, you know? Uh, it's That's very possible. I mean, I th- it, it did seem very random, but also I think it gave a it gave a good way to sort of introduce the world to Austin Butler because because again a, a ton of people do not know who he is like uh, yeah like, I mean I'm, he's he's known for the Elvis movie and I think that's about it he was also on Nickelodeon as a, a younger kid actor yeah yeah I'm looking up now he was on Hannah Montana he was on iCarly he was on Zoe 101 uh what else was he Wizards of Waverly Place so he was like okay. a kid actor. Then he, uh, you know, as he got older, he did like a few things. Uh, he was in that movie, The Bling Ring, with that came out uh, years ago. I believe, and I, I believe he was also in um, the last uh, Quentin Tarantino movie, the um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, really? Yeah. Let, let me see. Yep, he yeah. played uh, Tex Watson. Who was that? Was that one of the the people at the Manson uh, family or something? I think it's been a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah, so. I haven't seen it since it was out. So. But yeah, he he is in that movie, and and okay. yeah, he's done a few other things too. Like he was on that TV show, The Carrie Diaries, where it was like a right, like a Sex and the City teen prequel. Yeah. yeah, so like he's he's done some stuff, but yeah, for the most part, most most people are getting introduced to him through the uh, Elvis films. And um, right, I think so, I mean he he comes out, he talks about you know we've got a foolproof plan to ensure no one gets COVID because we we stop testing. He yeah. talks about. Since he played Elvis, he he's got a deeper, gravelly voice. He he talks about being on Nickelodeon shows. He talks about being homeschooled, his crippling shyness, and he does a Gollum impression. That that's a lot of stuff to hit on. Yeah, it's, in it, one monologue, you know, it is. It's 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 a lot. Like I again, like I think there, I what they were trying to do was like introduce him to us and get and also like endear him. Uh, to us mm-hmm. in a way like like he talked about how he was like super shy and right. he was homeschooled so he's also weird yeah and like mm-hmm. you know he grew up in anaheim and he was really close to his mom who unfortunately passed away so like yeah. they, were, they were doing like a lot to sort of feel like, trying to get the audience's sympathies on his side i guess yeah. yes very much so like because like you know you see him you think oh he's some tall handsome son of a bitch whatever but then yeah. he and, and of, he's, he's got no shirt on under his suit so already yeah. i hate him yeah, he had the voice as deep as, like, as like the voice does seem like a bit of a put on. And honestly, like when I watched the uh, the teasers for this week, he was so low energy. So yeah. Like, oh, this doesn't bode well. I saw that tweet you put out. Like, yeah. And when I looked at the promos, I was like, oh, yeah, he is kind of. Is this going to be like another like uh, Kristen Stewart thing where it's yeah, it gets kind of whatever. But um, I will admit, like throughout the show, he did pick up the energy. Uh, yeah, bit. he did. I, I will say that he exceeded my expectations somewhat. So, yes. um, yeah. All right. Uh, on to the first sketch. On to the first sketch. Let's do it. Uh, the phrase that pays. Uh, as they describe it right at the top, they say, this is Wheel of Fortune with no wheel. So that that tells you right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Game show sketch. You know how you know how they do. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, James Austin Johnson as the host. 
contestants are Austin Butler, Heidi, and Punky. Yes. And uh, did you did you watch the show live last night? Because there was a little camera screw up early on. Yes, I did watch it last night. I did notice there was uh, one point where the camera was on Punky, but Heidi was talking. Yeah, that's that happens. It seems like it happens quite a bit these days. Well, I mean, they they did correct it for Peacock and on YouTube. I'm assuming, of yes, course, yes, you know, and I'm sure that was just like a quick edit. But yeah, it is it is pretty exceptional when you see that, and I. I guess they are getting a little more frequent these days. Yeah. I was like, what's going on there, guys? What's what's the happening? They didn't know. They didn't know. Um, so how to describe the sketch? Yeah, it's basically like a, they're guessing words and phrases from just like the few letters, just like on Wheel of Fortune. Uh, Punky's character guess mama for everything. She, Even though the, it can't possibly be mama. And Austin's character is solving the puzzles constantly. He's just, he gets Hotel California from, from just a T in the middle of the first word. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I, that's a thing that I kind of real, like, I thought there would be like a whole twist as to how he's able to guess the, the phrase correctly, just with one letter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that twist never, there wasn't, he just, he just, he lucky. just was, yeah, preternaturally good at the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and at one point he's even like, oh gee, I have no idea what this is. I uh, you know what, I give up. And then it's exactly what he just said. Uh, honestly, this sketch kind of grew on me when I rewatched it this morning. I thought it had some nice absurd touches to it. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's one of those things where I can see if it, some parts it kind of felt like underwritten. Like, mm-hmm. why is he able to get it so quickly? They never came up with a reason for that. Uh, but I think a lot of the energy that Heidi and even Austin was bringing to yeah. it kind of, and, and, and James Austin Johnson and Punky, of course, but yeah. like the, the energy kind of. So basically everyone who is on stage. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to single any one person out. <laughs> okay. Okay. But like they were able to, to save it a bit for me. Uh, uh, yes. Know, like the way Heidi always guessed the letter X. Yeah, says, and it was never there. And like, like Punky is like, oh, I've got a B, but I'm saving it. Like, she can only has one chance to guess a B. Um, I, I liked that, and uh, yeah. So, like I said, it grew on me when I rewatched it. This was, uh, by the way, written by Jake Nordwind and Kent Sublet. So, right, yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, yeah, decent start so far. Decent start yeah. to, the, to the to the show. Yeah, decent, decent enough. Um. You know, I don't know if I would have let off the show with it, but yeah, what the hell? It's Christmas. I'm feeling charitable. <laughs> oh, look at you. And uh, then the Trumbull's heart grew five times <laughs> at that night. That's right. I'm not giving the Christmas present back, though. I, I stole them from Whoville, fair and square. That's right. Finders keepers. Uh, I mean, it's it's work crawling down chimneys. Damn straight. From My what I hear. I mean, antlers. Okay. Yeah. Um, so next we had a pre-tape uh, called A Christmas Epiphany, which is basically an It's a Wonderful Life parody with Austin as the George Bailey type character, Mikey as the bartender who's also his guardian angel. And it, he's Austin's just despairing about how bad his life is. And then he goes to look in the window of a happy family. He sees Andrew Dismukes and his wife Heidi there with Marcelo and Sarah as the kids. And he's just kind of bemoaning. Yeah, they have that simple happy family life, and he does not. Right, because like, I think in the beginning of the sketch, uh, the bartender Mikey Day is like, "Hey, why don't you, don't you have anybody to be with this on Christmas? What about your girlfriend Denise?" And yeah, he was like, "I don't need her. I don't, no, no woman can tie me down. I'm a lone wolf." Yeah. And then he see he looks in the window of a family having dinner, and he's like, "This is 
oh, this is beautiful. I should have, oh, I should have get back with Denise. What, what's wrong with me? And right. of course, as we see him having this big epiphany, this, this, you know, this breakthrough, then we cut to inside the house and the family is terrified because a, a perverted man is looking inside their window at them. Yeah, she's like, there's a man staring at us through the window. And, and Dismukes is just like, oh, he's just trying to freak us out. That's how he gets off. <laughs> yeah. And if, and it's Heidi just prodding Dismukes saying, yeah. go handle it, be a man, to yeah. protect this family. And, and then just... like, finally we find out that she's like, well, this is why I did that thing that I did last summer. And the kids are like, what did you do, Mom? And, yeah. and he says, your mother stepped outside our marriage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's it's all the funnier because like they made Heidi up to look exactly like Donna Reed at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, like she's got the, like the the right wig, she's got the same dress with the lacy uh, top thing, the collar, and I mean, yeah, the little this was this was very funny. I thought yeah, no, it's very good. Uh, and of course, the whole thing is shot black and white. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then, like inside the we see the family, we see Dismuse just not wanting to be confrontational, and uh, you know tell uh austin butler's character to beat it uh yeah. i think at one point then we see the bartender come visit uh, uh austin butler's character right and, like of course he's pleading with him to you know make his life better and, and, he, and he's got his angel wings and and austin butler like kneels in front of him so from the angle of the family it looks like oral yes. favors are being performed mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh no kids don't look yeah. um oh jingle bells so I mean, it was just this. This just just got so wonderfully absurd. Um, this was uh, written by Andrew Dismukes and sketch of the night for me, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I dug this one. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty great. Uh, I don't know. It, it it definitely captured that cool, you know, tone of "It's a Wonderful Life" and you know, movies of that ilk. And yeah, uh, yeah this this one got some good laughs out of me. And I think this is when I started to realize, like, oh, this awesome Butler guy. Like he's he's pretty funny. Like I think like any yeah. any worries I may have had before this are are, are starting to slowly uh, melt away. Where it's like, all right, he's, maybe he he's not the uh, stiff man I thought he'd be. Like from the promos. Yeah, like I said, uh, he was exceeding my expectations. I you know I don't know if I want him to come back, but he did a good job with this. Yeah, I I'd agree. So uh, next we have Marzipan. Marzipan. Which, uh, if you want to summarize the sketch, uh, just say marzipan a whole lot. Yeah, this sketch was uh, get the idea. This was this was an odd one. That's the nicest way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's basically um, this one has Keenan in it, and and um, yeah, and a bunch of uh, kids: Chloe, Marcelo, Sarah, Bowen, and uh, Austin dresses almost like the Von Trapp kids. Yeah. And they're constantly singing about the marvel that is uh, marzipan, which is... Uh, a, a paste with the flavor of nuts and the texture of nuts. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I know of marzipan, but I don't think I've ever had it. Uh, it's basically, from what they say, it's like a German candy that is... I don't know. It's, I guess it's a acquired taste. I guess it's the best way to put I, it. I don't know. I don't have much to say about this one. I honestly, I couldn't bring myself to rewatch it this morning because I thought it was awful. Uh, I, 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 I just, it reminded me of that Joker wedding sketch from a few weeks back where Andrew Dismukes just said, Joker! A, a whole lot. And it's just... 
Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm not too entertained by them saying the same word over and over, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, it had a, a few good lines here and there, like, uh, oh, marzipan, you can almost taste the taste. And mm. uh, I, I think at one point they bring in uh, Longfellow, who comes in as a German baker, who's like, yeah. oh, yes, I'm making... He's making another batch, yeah. I'm making marzipan. And he's like, he tasted to see if it's ready. He's like, yuck, it's ready. I It has a few good parts here and there, but I did feel like it went on a little too long. Like, I feel like yes. if you... Like beyond 10 seconds. Wow. Wow. I mean, I I think you could have definitely shaved off a minute or two of this. Like, it does kind of... Or three or four. Or three. It, yeah. I think it does kind of meander. I do enjoy that they leaned into the silliness and absurdity of it like where they did. when they both say when uh when they go down the line and all the kids say marzipan and they cut to bone who just like screams in frustrated horror i guess because <laughs> he loves marzipan so much i thought that was that's a choice uh but yeah like i feel like if they shaved this down it could have been something but yeah it was just it felt like it went on a little too long and just it's, it was it was an odd one this was an odd, yeah, odd sketch. you know it was one of those ones that's more weird than funny or more obnoxious than funny for me. I mean, I just, yeah, maybe they, and I, and of course he ended it with a song and dance number, which mm-hmm. I feel like is kind of their go-to whenever they don't know how to end a sketch. The, Cause they felt mm-hmm. like, Oh, sing a song, do a dance. And people will find that charming and that'll kind of be a nice way to wrap this all up. And I was like, I, yeah, I guess, but you could also just, <laughs> you know, shorten the shit up and <laughs> yeah, and that's a good way too to, to you know, have a, have a big gag at the end. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, you could do that too. Stronger punchlines. Yeah. 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 If you want to go that route, but yeah, overall, yeah. like, I mean, I didn't totally hate it, but like I thought it was, I did. <laughs> I, it had a few laughs here and there, but it's just like, yeah, this is a, this is an odd one. I don't know if I'll remember this afterwards. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just want to note, uh, we're now about a half hour into the show. So far, we've only seen Cecily in the cold open and the opening credits. And it's her last show. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, no dogs, no singing from Cecily yet. And uh, What yeah. kind of railroad are they running there? I don't know. I don't know, man. All right. Next, uh, we have Jewish Elvis. This was written by Dan Beulah and Sarah Sherman. It takes place at the Oasis Retirement Home, where they have their own theater. Uh, Chloe is visiting her grandmother, played by Cecily. Hey, we put her in the show. Hey, Opa. And Ego is there, also playing a Jewish grandmother? I think she's just a grandma. Okay, okay. (laughs) Didn't didn't they say it was a Jewish retirement home, or was it just like a retirement home where the majority of people are Jews? I thought it, I just heard it was like a retirement home. I didn't know if it was a okay. Country. I mean, okay. black people can be Jewish. I mean, Sammy Davis. Yeah, that's true. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, there right. you go. You know, La- probably others. Yeah, you know, Shalom. But mostly Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there are other uh, black Jewish people, but like Sammy Davis, he's the one everybody remembers. Sammy Davis. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we have Austin Butler in drag as Lois. Um, oh boy. And uh, yeah, then we see that they're all here to see Jewish Elvis, and mm-hmm. uh, out comes out uh, Sarah Sherman, dressed up as uh, Elvis. You know, wearing the mm-hmm. the jumpsuit has yeah. the rhinestone belt with the Star of David on it. You know, oh, I didn't notice that. That's funny. Yeah, That's yeah, funny. yeah. Uh, you know, shaking her hips and doing her thing, and right. it's like uh, basically 
it's Elvis singing songs and like sort of doing the stereotypical Jewish complaining. Yeah, well, they, they describe it as a little bit of singing, but mostly complaining. Yes. Um, you know, like they'll do a hip swivel and then it's, I'm tired and my back hurts. Yeah. Um, you know, wise men say, who are these wise men? Why are they so wise? Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and Chloe's character, of course, doesn't get it. And so it's it's like this is a weird thing that is happening, and I'm commenting on it. Um, yeah, uh, but I yeah, and uh, Austin Butler as Lois goes all in. <laughs> I think at, I think at one point Lois is like, "Oh my god, it's like Niagara Falls down there." Like the character of Lois takes off her panties, throws them on stage towards Jewish Elvis. Jewish Elvis takes them and says, "I think you're every, everything bagel has too much cream cheese on it." I am amazed they got that line on the air same i was like because my god man it's turkey waddle all over again (sighs) (laughs) ruin me jewish elvis ruin me yeah yeah um this this i found a little more weird than funny honestly and i i think i am a little tired of the device of Oh, this is this is a weird, unusual thing, and I'm going to comment on it. Um, so I wasn't too nuts about it, but no, they were throwing themselves into it. They seem to be having a good time. Yeah, it's definitely like uh, I mean, this one pretty much leans on the performances. Yeah, of and uh, you know, Sarah was giving this thing her all, and like, yeah. Sarah really you know came to, to play in this one, and Austin Butler too. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like he he was no slouch either. Uh, like I like a, I like the line where. I think Ego says, oh, my God, this is the best night of my life. And Chloe's like, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Because old people eat dinner early. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, oh, I should also note, uh, this sketch was actually uh, cut from the Miles Teller episode. This was actually supposed to be. Uh, Okay. All right. But honestly, I feel like this was a better fit for this episode. So I'm actually. Well, I mean, we have the Elvis connection. uh, So that, I think, makes it funnier. Yes, yes, uh, Yeah, so definitely a better fit for Austin Butler, a.k.a. the guy who played Elvis Presley. Uh, yeah, and uh, as far as the sketch goes, it did take that weird turn where, like, uh, Bowen comes out, announces that somebody broke the the toilet in the handicap stall, and it was Elvis. I was right. like, well, that's... Yeah, that's a very weird random way to end it. It was, uh-huh. yeah. But, I mean, overall, I, th- I just kind of leaned into the weirdness on this one, and I think the performances pretty much uh saved it like uh i mean awesome butler was totally this is this is the sketch where i was like all right awesome but awesome butler's all in on this yeah true, true. and uh, he's, he's giving it us all god yeah. bless him and i mean and sarah sherman again she like she's doing the, another sketch that's you know centered around her and it's like really i mean it's it's super memorable like she's she's constantly sort of like proving that she's you know, like the going to be or on her way to be like the new sort of shining star of SNL, I think. Like she, she always comes up with these really interesting sketches, you know, like the googly eyes, the meatballs, and of course her stuff on weekend updates. She's like really kinda like her star is ascending, I think. And I mean she certainly does stuff that we have never seen on SNL before. And that's that's fun and that's that's exciting. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's always nice to get like a new type of humor on the show. And that's and you, that's what you got to do if the show is going to grow and evolve and stay current. Yeah, absolutely. So it's evolution, baby. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Jewish Elvis. 
Wowzers. Uh, the cream, the cream cheese the line. Cream and cheese line. I'm still reeling from that. I mean, mother of God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wowie, wow, wow. Wow. Yeah. Woo! Uh, I mean, so I'm, no, next... I'm no prude, but I was like, ooh, my. I am, and I was, I was fanning <laughs> myself and getting my smelling salts. Anyway. Oh, um... Somebody think of the children. Right. Uh, so next we have our musical guest for the week, uh, Lizzo. She did two numbers, as is the want of musical guests on SNL. She did uh, somebody, Someday at Christmas and Break Up Twice. Uh, yeah, the first song she did, Break Up Twice, off her new album. And uh, her second song, Someday at Christmas, which it's weird. It says on like on YouTube, in parentheses, like Amazon Prime Original or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Which it's I'm like tra- exclusive to Amazon. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming maybe it's a song that she did on her... Uh, that show she has on Amazon. But from what I was able to see, this song is actually an old Stevie Wonder song that was on his first Christmas album back in 1967. Okay. All right. So, well, I mean, that's that's the type of thing that you do for uh, something that's exclusive to one streaming service. You do you do a cover of a cool song. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I, too surprising. Yeah. And I think also because she hosted a musical guested back in April and she already did songs off her new album back then. You yeah, know, I think even last week I was like, all right, well, what is she going to do now? And she yeah. just ended up doing one more song off the new album, and she did like a nice little Christmas cover. So I was like, that's a that's probably the best way yeah. to do it. I mean, that's that, that's a good way to do it, and you know, especially since she came in on short notice. Because the when did the yeah 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 drop out? It was like uh, we, Monday. Monday they announced that. Yeah, I mean, we knew about it last uh, Saturday. Oh, we did. Okay, because like when they. Yeah, because like during the Steve Martin Martin Short episode, they said, "Oh, next week, Austin Butler and Lizzo." That's when everybody. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because they announced it uh, like a few weeks ahead. Of course. Okay. Right, right, okay. Right. I was thinking they'd announce it as a yeah, 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 and then they canceled. And... Yeah, no, no, you're right. No, no, we all found out like uh, officially. We all found out as a nation during yes. the Steve Martin Martin Short. We as a nation found yes. out then. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean the performances I think were solid. She kept it very simple. For the most part, uh, her first performance, it was like her waking up out of bed. And, um, you know, then she walked into the thought, mic. Wasn't that the second? No, no. The first one was uh, Break Up Twice, for sure. That, when she was in the white thing, the white dress. Yes, yes. That's her, okay. That was the first one. And, right. yeah. And um, they were both basically pretty standard. Just her on a microphone singing, her band behind her, backup singers behind her. And, uh, yeah, the whole, you know, no dancers, not nothing flashy. She didn't play her flute at all. No, no flute. She could I yeah. no sans flute all voice all pipes yeah. and uh yeah as far as i thought it was pretty they were both pretty great performances you know she had the great they, voice they were they were i'm just you know at, at this point i'm just a little tired of lizzo on snl you know so i've, I've gotten my fill of her yeah fair enough fair enough i think this was like a last minute uh you know call, yeah call into play and i guess i had to figure out well who's in town that could uh, do this whole thing at the last minute and i guess right yeah, i mean they needed somebody reliable and somebody yeah. they liked and yeah popular and it was a good match for the host and all that i totally see why it happened yeah um I, I think all things being equal they probably wouldn't have brought her back again this soon so yeah that's true i think it was just more of a timing thing yeah yeah and you know shit happens yeah <laughs> oh it does does it ever all right uh move on to uh weekend update sir yes let's move on to weekend update with michael che and colin jost Oh, you you reversed their billing. I I did that by accident, and I just went with it. Okay, 
All right. Called improv, baby. I won't tell anyone. That's right. Your secret is safe with me, Darren Patterson. Keep that on the on the low. Yeah. That's right. So Colin Jost Michael Che. Yeah. Uh Jost Che. Jokes, jokes, jokes. Jokes, jokes, jokes. Um they of course talked about the the Trump NFTs. I liked uh, Colin's line. I'm just relieved he's wearing an American military uniform. Uh, that was good. Yeah, that was just a pretty solid line. <laughs> he, he's a traitor to our country and sells us out to our enemies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for fun. Yay. Um, oh, good. Uh, I liked when Che, he, he led into a story about Marjorie Taylor Greene, and he just says, and let's just face it, she's absolutely my type. I that was great. Jay's good. Jay's good. I mean, that was, that was, I don't even really remember what the joke was after that. I was just like, that's, that's really yeah. funny. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think I also like the line, uh, Colin Joe's had about how Trump is getting into NFTs now after the market totally crashed. Mm-hmm. It's like getting into Kanye West now, which, right. which in a way, which Trump, he also did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, not too many jokes. Uh, this ep- this uh, episode on this weekend update because we had uh, three count them three uh, death segments. Death uh, let me let me count them. one, two, three. Yep, yep. Your story checks out. Three right. death segments. The, yep. ma- the math checks out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We crunched the numbers. Math checks yep. out. So we had uh, Boeing as Krampus on kidnapping naughty children, and Krampus is he, he's like this this. Christmas monster in Germanic countries or like Eastern European countries. Yeah, I think uh, I mean I don't know much. I've heard the name Krampus. I know there's like a movie mm-hmm. about him, but yeah, I think he's basically like in European countries, like the anti clause. Yeah, I like guess. if you don't behave, he will come and eat you in the night. Um because yeah. Germans just do not fuck around. They do <laughs> not. <laughs> like Yeah, like I mean if there's any way to get your kids to behave, it's, you know, pure fear and terror that <laughs> if they don't, they will be devoured. By... Just, it's so medieval. It I, really I kind of love it. Like, um, okay. uh, this segment, by the way, written, co-written by Will Stephen and Bowen Yang. And, you know, it's been a while since we've seen Bowen as a wacky character on Update, which it's kind of nice to see that again. It's been a while. It has. I mean, like... Uh... How long has it been? Like, I mean, I know there was, of course, the the uh, iceberg and we did the iceberg, uh, the Oompa Loompa one. Oh yeah, but that, that it, might have been the last time. I don't know. Might have been, but it definitely uh, yeah. it's been a minute. And I, I do enjoy like how he played Krampus as sort of uh, like almost like a like himself. Like yeah, you know, I've you know I've I've been doing this for a while, and people just don't mm-hmm. respect me. Like you know, and like I like the runner of him like uh, quoting celebrities he's heard of, like, you know, Bennett Brown had this great quote about shame that really resonated with me, like little things like that. And I think at one point he quotes SZA, a SZA song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he said at one point, you know, like, you ever watch TV for five hours straight and then like you wake up out of the trance and you've eaten 40 kids. Uh, just really funny. And I mean, the, they had the thing where he, he's wearing very extensive makeup. I mean, it's just an impressive, uh, prosthetics again i mean it's and i saw on the instagram of snl's makeup artist uh he's, he's like a louis fx i think okay he said like we had five minutes to put this on bowen i mean that's incredible yeah it is incredible but again it also shows a little bit because midway <laughs> through his uh his segment uh, one of the horns the prosthetic yes. horns uh falls right on off 
falls right off and it uh <laughs> and and bowen just rolls with it beautifully i mean he was just like oh i'm so mad i'm losing my horn yeah uh, like oh i'm sick i've been sick yeah um <laughs> And like towards the end, we find out that uh, his therapist is Ghislaine Maxwell. Yes, I like yeah. <laughs> a nice bizarre touch towards the end. I mean, yeah. just wow. <laughs> yeah, cause I think uh, Colin's like, "Wait, Ghislaine, she's not dead," and he's like, "No, she commutes. It's fine." <laughs> yeah, she commutes. She commutes, Colin. Uh, I mean, very funny stuff. Very strong character, and yeah, I mean, Bowen just he knocks these things out of the park. He really does. He's like he's such a natural in front of the camera, and like mm-hmm. he's, he's able to sort of make these yeah. like odd characters like find and a just, f- find a funny in these uh, yeah characters and whatnot, and, and just just rant in them. But you know, like he's sort of the character, but they're all also him somehow, which is it's kind of fun. It's it's a nice weird thing to pop up and update, which I really like. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. So next up, we got um, we got Colin's great aunt Pat coming out. I, I think it's Colin's. Colin. Yes. That. Yeah. Yes. You know what? I apologize. Thank you. This is uh, Heidi Gardner as his great aunt Pat, uh, supposedly talking about holiday etiquette, um, but it's really just about her being inappropriate. You know, like yes. lots of kissing on the lips, lots of patting on crotches, and yes, Mikey Day comes out as a. Uh, her butler, and you know, yeah. because, and he's doing it because uh, he's not in a lot of sketches this episode, and he needs money for Christmas presents. Yeah, but first of all, I love the concept that SNL cast members get paid by the sketch. <laughs> That's kind of hilarious. It's <laughs> like, oh, you're only in two sketches this week. Well, you'll be getting $40. <laughs> yes. It's like uh, writers who get paid by the letter. Right, exactly. Um, and... <laughs> I mean that that's that's terrific, um, and also like you know Heidi just she at one point wants to apply the lipstick, so she makes Mikey put on the lipstick and then kiss her, and then she and then like she makes out with Colin, and then she makes Mikey and Colin. She tries to get them to make out. Um, being an SNL cast member just must be like having an incestuous relationship with your sibling. Yeah, it's got to be weird, like. In one sketch, you're making out with somebody, and the next sketch, they're your sister or brother. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure they bond really quickly because it's just such an intense, high-pressure environment. Yeah. Um, and and I'm sure most of them do have, like, you know, close friends or brother-sister type relationships. So it's got to be weird when it's, you know, because at some point, probably everybody's going to make out with everybody else in a sketch. Yeah. Or do something. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> it's like that Kate McKinnon character. Now kiss. <laughs> yeah, like, it gets weird, uh, SNL after dark. Yeah. I, like, uh, one quote that uh, has always stuck with me was uh, Amy Poehler talking about how they all have to do, like, quick changes, like, right off stage in little uh, curtained-off areas. And Amy Poehler just said, yeah, we've all seen each other's kibbles and bits. <laughs> and I was just like, what a way to put it. <laughs> it's Yeah, no, no modesty yeah. if you're working on SNL. Like, Well, I mean, you know, and that's, that's very much the case in theater a lot of times, too. Just, yeah, you, you know, yeah, it's just... Yeah, screw it. You're 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 seeing me with my shirt off, or you're seeing me in my underwear. Whatever, grow up. You're, you're, you're going to see some butts. That's all. I'm saying. Yeah, going to see some butts, boobs, dong. Yeah, going to see it all. Those those are all body parts. Yes, in that order. <laughs> in that order. Yeah, that's that's contractually guaranteed. You you will see those things in that order. Yup. 
If you don't see all those things by your third week, uh, you get a bonus. That, that's weird. That's a weird contractual thing. Yeah, it's it's, it's odd, but uh, I like it. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to, uh, towards the end where uh, Great Aunt Pat just said, your TV Muppets. Yeah, because like, uh, Colin called her out saying, <laughs> I think you just want to come on here and like fondle Mikey and kiss you know, movie stars. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, you're not movie stars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, your TV. I mean, uh, I like this. This was good, funny stuff, and yeah, yeah, it was it was all right. But character. part of me, like, I think halfway through, and I was kind of like, uh, "Are we getting this instead of the joke swap?" Because I really want the joke swap. I miss the joke swap, and it, they just seem to have stopped that. And even even in last night's 10 p.m. rerun, they did a joke swap because uh, it was from a couple years ago, and. It was it was just a couple jokes. It wasn't that many, and yeah, I guess they've kind of gotten away from that. They didn't do it at the end. Of, they didn't do it last Christmas. They didn't do it at the end of last season. I think the joke swap is no more. I maybe, maybe on their very last show as Weekend Update anchors. I, I was just about to say that. Like, I think at yeah. this point, we're not going to get a joke, another joke swap until their very very last episode yeah. when like Joe and Che decide to hang it up. I, I mean, I thought this was okay, but like part of me was like, oh, I really wanted that. I really wanted that joke swap. Yeah, I I hear you. I hear you. I I missed it too. Okay, but uh, yeah, but uh, instead of a joke swap, we get uh, we get a final performance by Carrie Ann. Brought this place up. I wasn't gonna cry. Um. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and it's billed on YouTube as Kathy Ann says goodbye for now. Oh, it's Kathy Ann. I always say Carrie yeah. Ann. I don't know why. You do. My you mis- do. My you mistake. Did. My mistake. Yeah, you're just you're bad at your job. Yes. Um, <laughs> I never claimed to be good. And yeah, so it's basically like you know Cecily getting to talk about departing SNL in a veiled way through one of her characters, and she says like, "Oh, I'm going to prison before all the crimes I've confessed to over the past seven years. They finally caught up with me." Um, um, yeah, yeah. I think she like you know every episode she talked about some uh, some criminal drug fueled activity she was engaged right. in because like the premise of Kathy Ann was like she was Che's neighbor. Yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. So, so you that, know, not not my favorite Cecily character, but I'm glad she got to do it. I'm I'm assuming this was her choice. Uh, yeah, because like I thought like when I heard that she was gonna you know this was gonna be her last episode, like, I thought all right, so then. Like, what's going to be her final uh, character? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought she might do the girl you wish you never had to start a conversation with at a party. Or right. Something like that. But, like... Or, or, or revive Gemma yeah. one last time or something like I think, she, you know, like, last year when it was seeming like she was going to leave, I think she did Gemma on that show. And then she also did the big Janine Pirro in the box of wine thing. Um, and that seemed like such a, a goodbye sketch because she's saying, you know, I did it my way. Yeah. So, you know, tough to tough to top that. So maybe she just decided to go a little smaller. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And yeah. Um, but yeah, like I thought, yeah, like this was her ending it with uh, Kathy, and I think that was definitely yeah. the way to go. I liked how, about ending it with Carrie Ann. Yes, exactly. It's not uh, Carrie Ann Moss or anything like that. Right, <laughs> with with Carrie Ann Moss, I'm just reenacting the Matrix for no reason. <laughs> yes, just dodging bullets, just woo, just woo. dodging bullets and and. Uh... Uh, but yeah, like I, I thought, yeah, the, the Kathy Ann was definitely the way to go. I like, she didn't seem sad about going to prison. Uh, she, yeah. she has friends on the inside, cut to a picture of, uh, Kate Nady in, uh, yeah. with prison tats and wearing, uh, 
you know, wearing prison jumpsuits. Orange, yeah, the orange jumpsuits. Yeah, uh, which yeah. I thought, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice touch. That well, was, you know, that was nice because she was giving her her buddies a, a shout out. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, so this was, good. you know, not my not my favorite Cecily character. If you'd like, come to me beforehand and said, you know, you can see any one of Cecily Strong's characters for the last times. I don't think Kathy Ann would have been the one I picked, but yeah. hey, if that's the one that Cecily wanted to do, I'm glad she got to do it. Yeah, and, no, uh, I get you. This was co-written uh, between uh, Cecily and Kent Sublette, by the way. Right. So, uh, I also, I mean, I also liked a few other things, like where she talked about how, you know, how she used to host the weekend update with Colin, and they put up a picture mm-hmm. of her and Colin hosting, and I right. think my, and then uh, Che said, "Wow, what, you look so different back then." And she yeah. shoots back with, "You don't, you still look different, young, back in the day too. You turned into Obama here with your grays." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's weird to think I don't. It's tough for me to think of how long that literally was because because it was still Colin. Like Colin came in when she like she co-hosted update with Seth Myers for a little while. Right. And then Seth left the show and then that was when Colin came in. Yeah. And we and we all had fun starting the cancel uh Jost movement. Yes. Um that was a fun was, time. It was that was so effective by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it it was the release the Snyder cut of its day, um, <laughs> but I mean when when I think about it as like oh yes she co-hosted update with Seth Meyers that points out how long ago it was when you say like she co-hosted it with Colin or co-anchored it with Colin I mean that doesn't seem that long ago because Colin is still there but he's he's the longest tenured weekend update anchor him and Jay. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's, it is weird to think how long they've been there. Cause like, if you go yeah. back to them, they're like, you know, young and thin and fresh face. And now like they both have, yeah. you know, the grays are coming in and Jay's a little fuller. It's like, wow. It's okay. Well, let's, uh, let's critique how they're aging even more. <laughs> <laughs> they are aging horribly girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am. I cannot toss stones. there. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? As I as I look in this mirror, I'm like, oh, my beard is almost fully white now, people. So, oh, boy, it's been a rough couple of years. That's what that's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Um, uh, so yeah, I also liked how uh, at one point, like um, Cecily, kind of almost drops the Kathy Ann persona, and she talks in a real yeah. voice, saying like, oh, how she's going to miss her time here, and like yeah. she goes in and out of the character a little bit towards the end. Which yeah. I thought was very heartfelt, and of course she gave a nod to when uh, when she saying as Janine Pirro, I did it my way, saying it I did it high Che at the end. Yeah, yeah. So it was a bit of a callback. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and then of course she she hugs Che and hugs Colin, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the that's the end of Kathy Ann. End of Kathy Ann, and you know uh, we're getting close to the end of Cecily Strong's tenure on the show. By the way. Show is at this point two thirds over. Disturbing lack of dogs. Yeah, like they couldn't get some dogs at the at the last minute. I mean, it's, it's New York City. There's got to be some strays running around here somewhere. Look, I mean, I I I know Cecily has to has to have brought her dog Lucy to the studio at least a few times. Exactly. I mean, like I'm she's sh- always she's always in the opening with her. Yeah, or like I'm sure there's some like emergency you know in case of emergency break glass here d- dogs right. that they could just to just they really out. shouldn't keep those dogs in that airtight glass container they're holes they've well i don't i'm just saying snl has suffocated a lot of dogs that's what they don't want you to know about yeah 
Yikes. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it takes a certain amount of suffocating dogs to put on a late night comedy show, but SNL takes it to extremes sometimes. Hey, hey, John, if you want an omelet, you're going to have to suffocate some dogs. <laughs> but uh, I, I talked about this on, on Twitter last night, but uh, I think if I remember correctly, this was like my one interaction with Cecily Strong on Instagram. I commented, I think I was commenting on, she posted about, I think it was that sketch where she was the do, the judge in dog court. Um, oh, and yeah. It was, it was basically just her playing with dogs. And I was like, if they just rebranded SNL as Cecily Strong plays with pups for 90 minutes, I would still 100% watch it. And she was like, I would love that. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> and of course, that made my day because I was like, hey, Cecily Strong replied to my comment. Yay. Yeah. Oh, wow. That that dog park, that dog court sketch that. Still yeah. to this day. That, that... So I was I was hoping for something like that, just because I know that she is such a dog person, and it it fills my heart with joy to see Cecily Strong and and cute puppies. Yeah, that pug was just squirming around like squirming around like a oh, grease pig. I got I got to rewatch that. It's, that that pug did not want to be there. Oh uh, no, no, but it's so it's so freaking adorable. All right. Uh, next up, White Elephant. White Elephant. This is a holiday party where they're doing. I guess it's called the White Elephant Gift Exchange. I've always heard, heard it as Yankee Swap. Yeah, it's, you... it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's also known as a White Elephant. I guess it's a regional thing. I, I've heard both. I've heard both. Okay, okay. Have you ever been to a Christmas party where they've done that? Uh, Maybe once or twice, but like I'd never... It seems kind of dumb to me. I don't know. Just, just give me the damn gift. Why do we have I to play? Because like you have to buy a gift... That's like kind of neutral that most anybody can enjoy. And, you know, half the point of gift giving is doing something personalized, you know? Yeah. Like, why do we have to play this game of this fucking musical chair shit where like, oh, yeah. no, I want your gift and you got to take another gift and you can take somebody else. Just just give me a gift. Let's have a drink and fucking call it a night. Yeah. Let's let's have a freaking conversation or something. Yeah, <laughs> just... man. I like I went to I think it was one holiday party where they did this with everybody and there was I think there was no limit on how many times you could exchange and then and then there's one gift there's always that one gift that everybody fixates on that's going all around the room and it's traded constantly and it took forever it was like at least an hour of this party Oof. doing this because like there were there had to be over 20 people there Oof. and it it was just like oh I never want to do this again, man. <laughs> You've killed my Christmas spirit. And, you know, not a, not a long trip for me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this, this sketch was, was triggering for me, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. I got, I, got, I got Yankee Swap PTSD. Yeah, yeah, just, just breaking out in the cold sweat. Yeah, so so it's a bunch of couples. Uh, Austin, he's very excited by the ashtray that he gets. He's like, oh, this is going to be so handy. I can put it by my door and I can put all my keys and things in there. And and then, of course, uh, Cicely steals his gift first chance she gets. Yeah, and uh, he is not happy. He's not happy. He can't exchange it or steal it back. So, uh, you know, he's he's bitching about that. And then uh, Mikey Day shows up as Santa's Claus towards the end. I mean, it's yeah. just... There wasn't much to the sketch, but I will admit there wasn't a whole lot there. Yeah, I, I, I will admit, Awesome Butler, like you know, gave a good performance here. Like I think he threw himself into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I think at one point, because uh, Ego had a, got a scented candle, and he mm -hmm. said, "Well, yeah, it makes sense that she, you know, she gets to keep her gift because like we all know her house stinks." Right. Uh, like. Right. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I feel like 
Austin Butler came to play. He he brought some energy to it. But yeah, overall, I was like, there's not much to this sketch other than the fact that he's, you know, upset and pouty that somebody stole his Christmas gift. And I don't know. I feel like it needed a little something more to make this uh, sketch like truly work. I thought. Yeah, I I just thought it was an eh kind of sketch. So it didn't it didn't really send me elevated a bit by the performances, but I just yeah. It, I, I could kind of see where it was going to go very, very quickly. As soon as I was like, oh, they're doing a gift exchange. Oh, well, one person's going to be upset that they're, the gift they like is taken away. And yeah. Yep. You know, it was it was pretty much what I expected down the line. Yeah. You know? No, no, absolutely. It's it's kind of, oh, you, you think you know what's going to happen. And you're right. It is exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I found it a little predictable, I'm afraid. Yeah. And the little twist end with uh, Mikey getting... Uh, Austin's character, like a new uh, ashtray for a catch-all, but it's jet black. But it's black. It's his favorite color. Yeah. Jet black. Midnight black, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, all right, well, that's interesting. But yeah. it wasn't, yeah, it didn't quite get there for me. Yeah, it didn't really send me. Uh, next all up, right. we, got, we got a pre-tape, my friend. Another pre-tape. Uh, this is called Jennifer Coolidge is Impressed by Christmas Stuff, which, you know, Yep, boy, it's one of those sketches where we're putting the premise right in the title. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's it. And it's uh, Chloe Fineman uh, just showcasing her Jennifer Coolidge impression, which is a solid impression. Uh, and... Yeah, a solid impression. And those uh, Jennifer Coolidge Old Navy commercials have been obnoxiously omnipresent the last month or two. Oh, absolutely. It's Oh, I mean, it's just... <sighs> like Kansas season party yeah like it's, it's I, it, I just go diving for the mute button when that comes up it's getting to the point where I'm, I'm starting to not like Jennifer Coolidge just because of that commercial and I know it's not yeah I, I generally like Jennifer Coolidge but a little of her goes a long long way yeah I know it's not her fault that it, the commercials just get overplayed but somebody needs to stop that shit yeah it's I mean I'm they gotta stop after Christmas right we've only got about another week <laughs> yeah I think after Christmas we're safe Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Just, Fingers crossed. It's just... Uh, but yeah, then we, but then we see um, kind of Chloe do her Jennifer Coolidge impression, giving uh, yeah. Coolidgeisms. you know, like, oh, wow. You know what the ultimate stocking stuffer is? A foot. Yeah. And, and it's it's exactly the type of things that Jennifer Coolidge would say in a Christopher Guest mockumentary. Um, right. I like when she's... when. Uh, Michael Longfellow is just playing Jingle Bells on the piano, and she's like, oh, that's great. Did you write that? And he's like, Jingle Bells? No. <laughs> and and he plays it beautifully. Um, yeah, she's like, oh, then who did? Like, I don't know, some guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she freaks out over eggnog, and she says, like, oh, it's like, did she say it was like God's come? Santa. Santa's come. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they loop out the word come, of course, but... Uh, yeah, because... Uh... You can't, you, you can't say that on. <laughs> can't say it on late night TV podcast. Totally cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally cool. That's right. Um, and then, and then she's freaking out of a, a menorah, and I'm like, wait, the title of the sketch is she's impressed by Christmas stuff. A menorah is not Christmas stuff. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure if that was supposed to be a mistake by the Jennifer Coolidge character, or if it was a mistake by the writer. I think somebody on the writing staff just really wanted that joke in there. That I guess I was just like, "Wait, a menorah? It's Christmas." Uh, I, I'm assuming they have to know. Yeah, it's like, oh, she thinks it's birthday candles, but it's not Christmas though. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, there was funny stuff. It was, uh, 
it was a re- it was a good impression and it didn't overstay its welcome it's only like a couple minutes right yeah yeah it's not too long just gets in and out you get to see the uh the impression and it's like all right mm-hmm. this is this is cute enough yeah, yeah. overall yeah. like i preferred i prefer this way of showcasing her uh impressions rather than like what we got last week with that whole weekend update that segment she did with mikey like this yeah this felt a lot more better a lot more focus and just focus on one uh impression that she does like i this this one wasn't too bad I, this one i thought was pretty cool yes it uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, I, did i flummox you with my what happened yeah. there um my brain went to the punch bowl for a minute <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah um this was written by uh mike uh D. Jacenzo, uh, Chloe Feynman, and Jake Nordwind. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, so yeah. And uh, next up, we got another pre-tape. Another pre-tape. Two pre-tapes in a row. People have lots of time off backstage. <laughs> back to back. Because uh, because I think I think after this we had Lizzo's second musical number. So it was probably like a half hour. Where people were just doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. They were they were off to holiday parties. Yeah, I know. It's sweet. <laughs> and they were like, "What? We got to go back into the studio for good nights? Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> you see somebody stumble in holding a bottle of whiskey you're right yeah you know, somebody's got a beer bong but yeah it was very pleasant to see uh, please don't destroy pop up yeah uh, uh, plurts plurts where they're they're talking with the, the week's host uh austin butler forgot his name for a second <laughs> wow wow <laughs> he hadn't been on in a little while uh, i had the whole two minutes of the jennifer coolidge thing to to you know, forget about him. <laughs> uh, and they they spill wine on their white shirts, and then they're like, "Oh no, what what can we do? How can you prevent it? There's got to be a better way." And uh, then Martin comes in. He's wearing a plastic shirt, a plurt, where spills and stains wipe right off. Right. So it's basically them. Oh, we should also mention real quick. Uh, so the Jennifer Coolidge sketch that was actually I I mentioned who who wrote it. Oh, but did you mention also, it was actually supposed to appear in the uh, last week's Steve Martin, Martin Short episode, but it got cut. I did not mention that, but you've mentioned that now, so I don't have to. Yeah. Ha. So. All right. I got your back, bro. All right. Yay. Uh, but yeah, so it's basically uh, the Please Don't Destroy Boys trying to get Awesome Butler to invest in this fabulous new product called Plurt, a very stiff plastic shirt that right. doesn't look good at all or comfortable and uh but the, it doesn't get stains on it like if you saw this on a doll it would look cheesy yes, um, and, and, but seeing it on grown men uh yeah kudos to the snl costume department man i mean I, you do any sort of late night comedy show i'm sure that the props people and the costume people have to make all sorts of weird stuff on very short notice and yeah, yeah they, they did a great job yeah yeah they, they pull it off and uh so they try to get uh, Austin to invest some money. They Googled him so they know he has the money. Right. <laughs> uh, we find out that, you know, he's like, well, if you have no money, how did you start this company? And Martin's like, oh, no, I'm dating Lizzo. And she was our initial angel investor. Yes. And then Lizzo comes in in a pork shirt. Yeah. Uh, uh, Devin Walker comes in in a plastic pants, plants. Yeah. Uh, Marcelo has a, a plat, plastic hat. Yeah, which is making him go bald because they got the plastic out of a landfill. Landfill in New Jersey again, Jersey yeah. slander. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and you know, it's, it's you know, just just the typical funny, bizarre, very surreal. Please don't destroy stuff. I, 
I just want to, I, I like that when they go, oh, we need the money, man. We make $30 a video. <laughs> Part of me was like, is that true? <laughs> I hope it's not true. I, but, I mean, you know, Mikey Day was hard up for money during update. The police don't destroy guys are making 30 bucks a video. What what the hell are you paying these people, yeah. Lauren? Are you guys getting pennies on the dollar over there? It doesn't help. The <laughs> they have to live in New York City, damn it. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, but you know this this was fun it's a fun thing you know it's, it was so funny i i hard i almost didn't mind that we didn't get a cecily dog thing yeah was, no i take that back i do mind it, they should have bought i expect i hope that they would just like unleash like a whole bunch of dogs like the end of that weezer video of yes the sweater song exactly yeah <laughs> i mean that's the dream that's the dream that's how i'm gonna go out <laughs> that's how I want to go out. Yeah, yeah. just buried by puppies. That's right. It's, it's a good way. It's the best way to go, as far as I'm concerned. There's a. They should do that. There's that YouTube thing, and I forget who who does this, but they they have people answer interview questions or inter, questions from the internet when they're playing with puppies, and it's just it's always adorable. It, yeah, it warms your heart. That warms your heart, and somebody should get Cecily Strong to do that because sure. that would be that would be awesome. Um, um, that should be her first new project after leaving SNL. Right. And uh, speaking of leaving SNL, we've come to the end of the show. The final sketch, Blue Christmas. Blue Christmas. Uh, this was co-written by Colin Jost, Will Steven, and Kent Sublet, where we come up with uh, Cecily and Keenan, uh, and then, you know, the, the four newish cast members. Um, they say it's Cecily's last day at Radio Shack, and think, and she's leaving us after eight incredible years. And Cecily points out, "Well, I've been here for eleven. And Keenan says, "Yes, and eight of them have been incredible." Hey, oh, so, that's that's good. Um, and then we have Austin Butler come out as casual Elvis because they chose not to spring for the full costume, and he sings "Blue Christmas." Yeah, as a goodbye to Cecily. Uh, and people come out and hug. Yeah, so it very much sort of mirrored. Uh, not very much, but almost mirrored like Chris and Wig's final uh, right. episode. Uh, Which I know Colin Jost wrote or co-wrote that as well. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's basically, you know, but basically it was like just them, everybody in the cast saying goodbye to her and back, uh, you know, back in Chris and Wig's uh, case, it was like they got out, they got Mick Jagger to sing She's a Rainbow for her. She's a Rainbow and then they went in, they segued into Ruby Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and, and Arcade Fire was a musical guest that week. So Ar it's Mick Jagger, Arcade Fire, and um, uh, Pulse. Uh, from the Foo Fighters. Oh, Grohl? Yeah, Dave Grohl was there, too. He was? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I'm, all right. Uh, he, he's in there. I, I looked up the video on Reddit yesterday. <laughs> it's it's uh, Dave Grohl was there. Uh, Amy Poehler pops up. Maya Rudolph was there. Chris Kattan was there. Uh, Rachel Dratch was there. John Hamm is there. I mean, lots of people came out to say goodbye to Kristen Wiig that night. Holy Toledo! Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm I have kind of mixed feelings on the Blue Christmas thing. It was definitely a lot more low key, a little bit more muted. It was. It was. It was. It was a little more maudlin, and the Kristen Wiig thing was so much more celebratory. You know? Yeah, I think that was the thing. I mean, it, it, I did, I did like it, but yeah, it was very more kind of low key, very emotional. You know, Blue Christmas yeah. is a very slow, kind of you know sad song. Whereas, and, it, and it's one of those semi depressing holiday songs. Yeah, which, I mean, it it fits the vibe of the holiday because Christmas can be really great or really depressing with 
not necessarily a whole lot in between. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's just what Cecily was feeling. Uh, but I don't know. But yeah, yeah like I, I think with Chris, it was more like upbeat, kind of almost like mm-hmm. a New Orleans festival, like where it was right. like more like, hey, let's celebrate this this yeah. final time with her. Whereas this one was more like, oh, she's leaving. Oh no. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it was it was ending it on a bit of a down note, which I. I'm not too nuts about, you know? Yeah, uh, it was definitely more down. Uh, still very emotional. Of course, Cecily cried. People, were cr- of course, uh, her yeah, and... Uh, Colin seemed very choked up. Yeah, her and uh, Colin hugged it out. and they, they were Colin, some, yeah, Colin. Colin and Jost. And, like, they, it was... So, emotions were, were high. But... Yeah, it definitely, and I, I'm sure people were very raw. Yeah. Um, but and it's... Sometimes I do it, but I do enjoy moments like that, like uh, like those few moments in SNL where you see a cast member not being a character, not doing something for like a shtick or like yeah. a, or a gag, and you see like them actually them having a like a very honest, real moment. Like things like that do uh, tug at my heartstrings. I will admit. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, you know, I've I've said before. I generally like this. I prefer the show to be funny than sentimental or modeling and I, I feel like when they do go that way they make a little too much of a meal out of it like the mm. you know the hallelujah after hillary lost the presidency or, yeah mm. um but I, I i know what you mean like i mean they they yeah. included a few jokes here like uh yeah. like you know the eight great years joke uh when mm-hmm. austin butler came out saying hey cecily i know but i know i've only I know I only known you for one week, but I feel like I've known you for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. It just how can it not if you have anybody after Mick Jagger and you're doing a simpler thing, how can it not seem a come down, especially when it's fake Elvis? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I don't know. And oddly, this this sketch was this was forty five years to the day of Elvis Costello uh playing radio radio when he wasn't supposed to uh, on SNL. Still one of the most punk rock moments in not even SNL history. I would say, like, TV history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is one of the great live TV moments, I think. And uh, uh, look it up if you haven't. It's it's great. And it's, you know, if you, you just see Elvis Costello looking off to the side, kind of pissed off. And the legend has it that uh, young Lorne Michaels was just giving him the finger from right off camera. Yeah, so. I get it. Because, like, this... It totally fucks up with the timing of the show, and it's yeah, yeah. He was told not to do it, and he's just like, "No, nah, fuck it, I'm going to do it." And yeah, and he and <laughs> he did it, and he's banned from the show for twelve years. Still, it's pretty, pretty legendary, pretty legendary, pretty, pretty legendary, pretty punk rock. Um, and yeah, so you know, my dream would have been Elvis Costello comes out to wish Cecily Strong goodbye. I guess that's what I'm saying. That would be nice because it would have been like two of my favorite people on stage together. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So- Cecily and Elvis, you might you might have had a heart attack. I would have exploded. <laughs> I would have legit exploded. Um, Elvis Costello, Cecily Strong, and puppies. My lord. And puppies. And then Batman. <laughs> Batman comes out for no reason. Um, <laughs> they drive off in the Batmobile. Yes. A Batmobile yes. full of puppies. <laughs> a Batmobile full of puppies. They're all masked like Ace the Bat Hound. Yeah, no, I, I've got it now. Okay, I'm I'm writing my own goodbye sketch for <laughs> for Cecily Strong. <laughs> a Batmobile full of puppies with uh, Cecily Strong, Elvis Costello, and an REM song plays in the background. Sure, sure. Or the monkeys. Either or. Sure. Either or. Sure. 
I'm a simple man. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then that's the episode. Like um... that's the episode. We had, you know, we had the goodbyes. We had lots of hugging and uh, stuff. I, I don't know. How how'd you feel about the episode overall? Overall, I thought it was okay. Uh, so it was, mm-hmm. um, I mean, maybe it's because it was such an emotional episode because we've mm-hmm. we learned hours beforehand this would be Cecily's last episode. So maybe like I'm, I'm, I'm giving maybe I'm giving a little bit more of a. Grading it on a curve. Yeah, just because of that, because of the emotionality on it. Um, yeah. I mean, there were some sketches that, you know, didn't quite hit, like, you know, like uh, the white elephant and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I think, you know, most of the sketches hit. I think Awesome Butler, like you, I, like you said, exceeded our expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm pretty positive on this, uh, on this final episode, I'd say. I, you know, I think it was... I think it was a decent episode overall. I mean, there was some stuff I really liked, like the It's a Wonderful Life parody, Christmas Epiphany, uh, stuff I hated, like the Marzipan. Um, I wish there had been a little bit more of a victory lap for Cecily Strong. I, I would have liked to have seen her drive at least one more sketch or maybe revisit one of her old characters, but maybe she didn't want to do that. Maybe she just wanted to have a more low-key goodbye. Yeah. And that's... That's true. I see what you're saying. I'm assuming it was her choice. Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, this was, I mean, they sang to her at the end, and she got to do uh, Kathy Ann yeah, one more yeah. time. So, no, it's just I can't help but compare it a little with, with when Kristen Wiig said goodbye, and I think she revisited so many of her old characters on that last night. So, I gotta, I gotta go back and watch. I don't remember yeah. too much, but I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure she did like Target Lady and the 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 actress who does the the password type show and uh, okay, all that. It was a lot of Kristen Wiig. I mean, yeah. she was pretty much dominating the show by the time she left. Yeah, so. and I will, I will admit that Kristen Wiig, you know, the she's a rainbow, that was, uh, that was almost too big. Like the like. I well, it at the time it seemed like, why is she getting a bigger goodbye than anybody else has ever gotten? Yeah, um, yeah. That, but yeah, but I mean, looking back on it, it it was really great. It was a really great moment. So yeah, that's I can't true. really begrudge him. That's true. Like I think I think it's like what you said. Like I think at the time. People were like, you know, Sudeikis just left and Andy Samberg. No, I actually, I found this out. Sudeikis left later. I was thinking that was his last show, oh. but no, I looked it up and Sudeikis left later. Yeah, but he didn't get a good, a big goodbye. You know, Samberg didn't, That's true. didn't get one. Hater didn't get one. But like for yeah. Chris and Wig, we have to like pull out all the stops and... Yeah, see, that's that's the thing is it it makes kind of the hierarchy of the cast members really clear, you know? yeah. And I don't, I don't know how I quite feel. I mean, I guess you could say, well, it's Kristen Wiig and she sort of does deserve it. But at the same time, it's like you're kind of saying other cast members don't or are lesser. Yeah. I don't know if I want to come out and say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It is a little weird. It is. It, it is. is a little weird. But uh, overall, yeah, I, right. I thought this was a pretty good episode. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. OK. So, so right. shall we go to the old Twitter's? And see Let's what, go to the Twitters. Let's see what the people think. Because we're we're a democratic podcast. That's right. It is a democracy here. This, so. this ain't Twitter. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it ain't. <laughs> it is Twitter. Oh God, where the? Okay, wait. I I know we've reserved a few uh, possible places. We might land somewhere else if Twitter goes belly up. So yes, we don't worry, people. We we, we have life uh, life vests and life uh, a life raft in place right. to go to. Right. Anyway, okay, we'll we'll talk about that when the time comes. Yes. Um, so, right, first, our friend uh, Manette Moratti 
uh, says, Cecily leaving is bittersweet for me. I started watching SNL Weekly in season 40, which means except for Keenan, everyone uh, who I originally watched in high school is now gone. I'm feeling really confident about the show moving forward if they keep inserting the chaos in like tonight. Mm. And then and then she falls up. Okay, forgot about Colin and Shay still being there, uh, but the gut punch nostalgia still stands. Uh, yeah, it's kind of easy to forget about them just because you know they're they're usually just on update. Yeah, but, but I I feel like it's it's only a matter of time before they go too, right? Like they gotta. I feel like we're we're close. We're certainly closer to the end than the beginning for those guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like um, like if they don't. This, I mean, this has got to be their last season, right? Like, what do you, feel, what would you think? Like it's be, yeah, I'd be very surprised if they don't leave at the end of the season. I feel like they're both kind of itching to do other things. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, no one's, I mean, they haven't said anything, but like, I, if I had to place, if I was a betting man, I would say this is uh, the end of the road to quote Boys to Men. I mean, for no other reason, you know, Colin's married with a, like a young kid, and I, I assume they're bringing up, uh, Scott Johansson has at least one other kid, I think, right? I uh, I don't I don't know about that. <laughs> I know she was pregnant during Age of Ultron. Oh, all right. So maybe she does have another. So kid. So that kid's, uh, what six now? Uh, yeah, maybe, I guess something like that. All right, math. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Manette uh raised kind of an interesting question for me. I was thinking like, oh wow, that's, you know, for her it it's hitting kind of hard because it is very end of an era because it's somebody from her first cast leaving and it got me to thinking like well who would who is the last person to leave from the first cast that we were watching and i looked it up before we started recording because we both started watching re- snl regularly during the dana carvey phil hartman jan hooks years yep yep and it looks like the last person out of that bunch or the last people who left were were kevin nealon who left in 1995 mm. and mike myers yeah like that and, and that's that was, was the start of the Chris, Chris Elliott, uh, Julian Garoppolo right. era, which was, uh, right. Oof. Right. And, and, you know, Mike Myers, he was kind of like, I remember when he was the new guy on SNL, he was like the fresh faced young fellow and he was the first person they'd added in a few years. So yeah, yeah. for a long time, I thought of Mike Myers as the new guy, <laughs> the new kid. And then he, then he did that Wayne's world thing and he kind of broke out. Yeah. yeah. He did well for himself, but yeah, I think, I think it would be, you know, it was definitely, an, it felt like end of an era when Dana Carvey or Phil Hartman left. I'd say that they had similar impacts to Cecily Lehman for me. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Like, it, it definitely feels like, uh, I don't know, like the last of the of your, uh, of your the people that you grew up with is like uh, leaving home in a way where it's like, uh, this, is, this is like a whole new thing now. And then, of course, later on when uh, we got the entirely new cast of Will Ferrell, Sher- Sherry O'Terry, and... Uh, uh, Molly mm-hmm. Shannon and whatnot. Then it became like a whole new, whole new crop. Of yeah, movies. I mean that was, I mean that was a clean break. I mean, even though like a couple people like David Spade and Norm Macdonald stuck around, right? It was literally like I think three people carried over from from the old cast, so it was much more of a clean break. And then since then, we've had sort of people smoothly transitioning in and out, um, right? You know, and, and every once in a while, I'm like, oh, yeah, those two people were in the cast at the same time. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Like even when I went back and looked at old um, uh, uh, Cicely Strong sketches, I was like, oh, yeah, she was on the show at the same time as Vanessa Bayer. They, they were the ex-porns. Right. I totally forgot about that. I don't yeah, know why. Because yeah, but... Vanessa Bayer left a decent amount of time ago. So, yeah, you kind of forget, it fades in the memory a bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. So what else we got here? Uh, you want to read one? Sure. Uh, SNL Linux gave... Uh, 
Phillips responded, saying, uh, This beautiful episode balanced the importance of Cecily to the show and the people behind it with the reassurance that SNL can thrive without her. The funniest sketches didn't showcase Cecily, but she got her moments and allowed herself and the cast to be vulnerable as always. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, that's really nice. Not bad, not bad. Uh, well, that's nice. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. She, she did still have her moments, even if she didn't have like big showcases. And yeah, she did allow vulnerable moments, which she's gotten really good at in the last couple seasons of the show. I mean, the you know the goober the clown thing and yeah yeah that was she, i mean she was really writing and speaking from her heart and you know that's that's another reason why i'm really excited to see where she goes next yeah because like I, I remember that came after she did the whole janine piero singing mm-hmm. my way and a vat of wine thing yeah and we thought that was that would be her big goodbye and then she yeah and then like she came back and i was like well what she's kind of done she's kind of done everything what else can she do yeah, and, she yeah. Did... and then she did that and we were like thank god she stayed yeah it's like all right i stand corrected because yeah i mean that that is i mean that that was wonderful because it, it really balanced making the statement she wanted to make with the comedy and mm-hmm. i mean that's really tough to do it's but it was really impressive absolutely absolutely that she did that so um, okay, our friend Mikey with two E's says, oh, my voice is going. Um, he says, Merry Christmas, guys. Weird one tonight that raised a lot of questions. Did anyone know Cecily was leaving? Um, yet we only found out a couple hours beforehand. Um, uh, is this why they maybe switched last week with this week's hosts around? Uh, we, do we know for sure they did that? Uh, we don't know for sure that they did that. Yeah. Like, I think, because like, I think we were talking about how the Steve Martin Martin Short pair up seemed like more of a better way, you know, to, add to close out the year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I, I've just assumed that they couldn't do it because they had like you know it was scheduling issues. But scheduling, yeah. But I, but they never said that this is why. Yeah, I think I think that's just something some people have theorized, but we don't know for sure. Um, he says, "What was up with Jost?" Um, I guess he, he he looked like he just seen his name on the naughty list all through Weekend Update. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Um, can't, I can't say I really noticed that. He looked normal. I I fixated on his hair a little bit. His hair was um, a little bit more poofier than usual, yeah. It's it's very Bob's big boy. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's like so short on the sides and it's such a big ass pompadour up top. It's like, it's not quite a, it looks like Captain Pike on, on, on Star Trek New Voyages. Yeah. Or not, uh, Strange New Worlds. Ooh, that's a, that's a deep cut. Yeah, I mean it's not quite uh, Ace Ventura, but it's it, it's getting there. It's getting, it's getting it's in there. The family. It's, it's very Bob's Big Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Mikey continues. And why was the episode such a mess? Seemed really sloppy all the way through, and didn't feel like much of a Christmas episode. And missed the weekend update joke swap. Us too. Mm-hmm. On a positive note, the pre-tape and please don't destroy sketches were decent and enjoyed the cold open and monologue, but nothing else stood out. Mm. Overall, an emotional send-off for Cecily and sad to see her go, but I guess it's time and good to go out on a high. Apologies for the three-parter, but thanks to you guys for another great year of shows and sad that John didn't get one last Cecily dog sketch that he wanted slash needed. Our our, our fans really know us. (laughs) I feel seen. I feel seen. Thank you, Mikey. Okay. Uh, Yeah, and we also got a tweet from uh, Drew S. Rod at Mm -hmm. the SIE78 saying, uh, good job, Austin Butler. Good job by Austin Butler. I can imagine him hosting again. Lizzo was great. She's becoming a go-to musical musical guest. Loved her mm-hmm. in, in uh, PDD. 
This was a good episode overall. Cecily is an all-time great. She deserves a send-off. She will be missed on screen, but who will do the voiceovers now? I, yeah, that's a big thing. That's uh, a big thing where she was working almost behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, once you n- notice, once you develop an ear for her voice, you, you see, like, she was doing so many voices yeah. on pre-tapes and things. I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, maybe Heidi can do it or Ego or, uh, Ego or Chloe. Yeah, I mean, I, they certainly have the vocal capability, so it'll be. I mean, the, the show's going to be different. It's going to evolve, yeah. as as it does. That's that's the nature of the beast. Yes, as it does. Uh, let's see. Our our friend John Anias at Burtonesque ninety two says, "This one wasn't going to be about the host. Butler was all in. Yep, was good. Jewish Elvis was a delight, and I fell hard for the lunacy of Marzipan." But the headline moments are the thinly veiled goodbyes to Hall of Famer Cecily, and I found Blue Christmas totally lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's nice. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean those those are definitely the headline moments, and I think those are the things we're gonna take away from this episode of the show. Yeah, like I think the the biggest takeaways from this episode are Awesome Butler's exceed our expectations and Cecily Strong all time great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And uh, of course, we got uh, another. Uh, we got a tweet from our good friend Boardman gets paid. Lee Hot. We got two tweets. Yeah. Two tweets. Two parter, baby. Two hander. Uh, hi everyone. Happy holidays, and I hope everyone has a safe holiday and SNL break. I think when I got back into SNL, Sicily, uh, Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming spell check screwing him up. There. I'm, I'm assuming it is. <laughs> Sicily, uh, the city in Italy, yeah, yes, <laughs> was in her second or third season, and the brief moment when she was part of the Weekend Update. I'm really going to miss her. She was amazing, but I'm also excited to see which one of the new cast members are going to step up and become the Kate eighty Cecily combo. Also, I thought Austin Butler was all right. Christmas Epiphany was my fave sketch. Pimp talk out. Ooh, I, I like that sign-off. Pimp talk out. I like it. We might we may take that from you, Lee Hot. We yeah, we may have to adopt that. That's right. <laughs> Pimp talk out. That's right. We may have to white elephant that there, uh, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Yoink. I, I don't know if we're badass enough to, to pull off Pimp Talk out. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I would feel like a poser, but <laughs> I hear you. But uh Pimp Talk out. I like that though. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, now that Cecily uh, is leaving, it, this does leave a vacuum for, you know, cast members like Ego, Chloe, Heidi to like sort of really step up and step into the right. role. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to hire like a new cast member. They don't really need to. I yeah. mean, they got they got along decently the first three shows of the season without Cecily. I did feel her absence. Yeah. And yeah. I am going to miss her going forward. Yeah, but I also I think yeah, but I think this might be the thing that the new, that the cast needs to like really kind of prove themselves and show who could be who can rise to the ranks, as it were. So like yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who uh, who does that. Like I mean, you know, Ego's fantastic, Heidi's fantastic, Chloe's great. So I'm like I'm really looking forward to seeing like who's gonna like I'm looking forward to some to that one episode where we finally see somebody be like, oh, they they stepped their game up. They're doing something like where where they have a big battle royale like the middle of anchorman and yes. somebody stabs somebody else with a trident yes news team assemble do you ever think about like if we got all the snl cast together and we had a giant 
battle royale, who would be the last person standing? If we're including everybody, yeah. everybody at their peak. I'm maybe the maybe Belushi because he's just a madman. Okay, Belushi is a good choice. I'm thinking this is a bit of a dark horse. I'm thinking Rob Riggle because the man oh. was a Marine. Damn it. You know what? That's pr- you're probably right. It, it, I, I think I, Riggle, you know, he could probably like snap a lot of necks and stuff. It probably, yeah, it probably is Riggle. He'd probably like put on like, uh, you know, dark ops w- war paint. And just, right. And just hide. Right. He'd have, he'd have those night goggles. Yeah. And yeah. see him hiding behind like two of the llamas backstage. <laughs> he'd get Lincoln and a showgirl on his side. <laughs> I could see that. Well, yeah. It might be Riggle. Yeah. He's. It might be Riggle. Yeah. Wow. That's, Let's see. That's a good. That's a good one. That's a good choice. I mean, you know, Farley. He would. He would probably do pretty well. He's, he would. He would whirl through like the Tasmanian Devil. He's quick on his feet. Yeah, give him that. He's quick on his feet. Surprisingly limber. So is Belushi. Yeah, they are. But I don't. Um, I don't know if Farley has the heart to do it, man. He's too. Uh, he's too kind-hearted. Yeah. I don't know if he has true. The, the dark enough soul to really. Yeah, he would. He would hug people and then you know. Schneider or Spade would stab them in the back. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't. I don't know if he has the heart to snuff out uh, Tim Kazarinsky or something like that. I mean, who does? Who does? Who does? I know I don't. Who does? But you know, that's it's an interesting question to contemplate. I it think. Is. Who do you think would be the sole survival? Yeah, survivor or survival, really, <laughs> if you think about it. Who would be the sole survivor in the SNL cast member right. battle royale? Let us know. Tweet us at SNL Nerd Show. Yes, tweet us. Who do you think would survive the Royale? And you know, let's let's know why. Maybe Leslie yeah. Jones. She has the height. Ooh, Leslie Jones. Mm. I was not thinking about Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones would go far. Yeah, right. Yeah. See, hmm. this is. Ooh. She would. This is. This is. It might come down to Leslie Jones versus Rob Riggle. Oh my God! <laughs> just as the just as the prophecy foretold. <laughs> Two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! <laughs> and that's the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. We have fun here. Oh, we have fun. <laughs> we have fun. Oh, Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan would do something crazy. You know, oh, Tracy Morgan yeah. would do something crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna kill everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna take all of you out. <laughs> You're all gonna die tonight. You're going down for this, Mitchell. <laughs> Liz Lemon. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Let us know what you think on that question at the SNL Nerd Show on Twitter. You can also follow us on our individual Twitter pages uh, for now. Uh, I'm at Trumbull Comic, T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L, and the word comic. I'm at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, uh, when the, when SNL comes back on uh, the 7th, uh, they're rerunning that Megan the Stallion episode. Yeah, yeah, they're taking a little break, uh, but mm-hmm. we're not taking a break. We're still going to be no. pumping out some episodes. Uh, should we talk about what we're going to, what we have planned out for the Christmas app? Well, yeah, we, you know, it's always tricky when we have to, when we think of like a Christmas or New Year's themed app, you know, because we always want to, SNL's usually off. We want to pick something that ties in with the season. And yeah, usually we can just do one a year. We've done Scrooge. We've done we've done some other things. Uh, so what are we going to do this year? Uh, well, this year we found a movie that's both a Christmas movie and a New Year's movie. 
Uh, Look at that. And it's, an, it's a movie that uh, will be the final in the uh, trilogy or quadrology of movies yeah. we've talked about before. Uh, we've talked about the first Ghostbusters. We've talked about the Lady Ghostbusters. We've talked about yes. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now it's time to close the chapter on Ghostbusters. We're doing it. Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from 1989. Oh, my Lord. The original Ghostbusters getting back together, busting more ghosts. That's right. Yeah, yeah you know it. And yeah. Like the, oh, yes, with that Bobby Brown song. Oh, that, that's it with the Bob son. What? <laughs> oh, the Bobby Brown theme song. Yes. That shit was a straight <laughs> banger, y'all. So, yeah, we're going to have fun. We're actually recording that tomorrow. Uh, you guys won't hear it for another week, but we're recording it tomorrow. So uh, if you have comments about Ghostbusters 2, uh, comment as soon as possible <laughs> because we're recording that uh, Monday night. So, yes, <laughs> let us know. And then if we can, we will include those comments in the show. Yes, get on that, like, right now. Yes, and we will have a very special guest to talk about Ghostbusters with us. Absolutely. Ghostbusters 2 with us. Absolutely, and uh, that'll be the last episode of 2022. Uh, we did it! did it! Yay! Woo! Another year over and deeper in debt. <laughs> That's the holiday spirit. Yay! Yay! I'm still, I'm still so poor. <laughs> really, yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, wow, yeah, so and that's the episode, guys. Thanks again for <laughs> listening as always. And uh I don't know, how do we how do we end this? We'll yeah, we'll we'll see you uh we'll see you for Ghostbusters 2 next week and then we will see you in the new year. We're not going anywhere. We're still here, we're still standing. Yeah. 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 But until then Oh oh yeah, we have we have a sign off. <laughs> I'm just sitting here waiting. It was like so we will see you next week for Ghostbusters 2. But until then, nerds out. Nerds out. Nerds <laughs> I totally like that we have a sign off for the show. No, we're leaving that in. We are leaving that in. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we, we 100% have to leave that in. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. Dum-de-dum-de-dum. <laughs> oh, Frank will edit the music in later. It'll be fun. <laughs> I don't have to say that thing. I've literally said every show for the last three and a half years. Oh, oh, John, never change. Never change. Okay. <laughs> this has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.